me here today? Good, good. Well, I'm just going to start out fast and furious. Are you ready? Everybody buckled in? It's called the master key. It's hard to... I told Brooke this morning I could probably preach for a year on the master key because the Lord Jesus is our master key and there's so many different... My responsibility... Oh, boy, I'm going to mess it up for sure. They ought to know better by now than giving me responsibility. If I mess up, just take control. But I could preach a long time on, on, on the master key. There's, you know, in this little box here is, is, I do doors for a living, and most of you know that, and it's just full of keys and all kinds of master keys. The problem is uh, most master keys only fit one category of keys. But I, I know a master key that fits everything in your life. And so if I start to explain it, I can have a master key that fit every storm in your life or a master key that fits your alcoholism or whatever it might be. That's true, but I, I've got this one master key that fits every door that I come up on, every problem, every situation, anything in my life. I've got one. I only need this one master key. And so to explain that is, is a difficult thing to do in one little time frame. So what we're going to do today is we're going to give you a highlight of what, I, of what I call the master key. I'm going to start out with this right here. And y'all can do whatever you want anytime you want. You know that. If you like it, show me. He's the king of the Jews. I'm talking about the master key. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of all the, of the ages. He is the king of heaven, the king of glory. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is my king. He's my master key. He's the Lion of Judah, the Root of David, the bright and morning star. And David said, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth the, his handiwork. My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply, and no barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessing. He is enduring, his enduring love is strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immorally graceful. He's infinitely powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He is the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of the world. He's God's son. He's the sinner's savior. He is the centerpiece of civilization. He stands in the solitude of himself. He is honest and unique. He is unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He is the highest personality in philosophy. He is the supreme problem in high criticism. He is the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He is the core, the necessity for spiritual religion. He is the miracle of the ages. And yes, he is. He is the super, super, I can't speak that word, superlative of everything that good that you choose to call him. He's the only one qualified to be our all-sufficient. And I wonder, do you know him? He supplies strength for the weak. He's available to the tempted and tried. He's sympathetic and he saves. He strengthens and he sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the leopard. He forgives the sinner. He discharges the debtor. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards diligence and he beautifies the meek. I wonder, do you know him? This master, he's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He is the doorway to deliverance. He is the pathway of peace. He is the roadway of righteousness. He is the highway of holiness. He is the gateway of glory. He's indescribable. 
He's incomprehensible, he's invincible, he's irresistible, and you can't get him out of your mind. You can't get him off your hands. You can't out, outlive him, and you can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him, and Herod couldn't kill him, and death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the image of the invisible God. He is my master key. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to speak just on your behalf with a few more words. Lord, I thank you for this morning, for the ones across this stage with a testimony to the hearts of what you've done in their lives. Lord, there's so many more of us that have these God stories that we need to reveal that a sick and dying world needs to hear. Father, would you heal us this morning? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The master key. I'm already messed up. Take me back, will you? How do we attempt to explain? <coughs> Excuse me, I had five shots this week. I went to the doctor, five shots, and then I'm on a Z-Pack now, so I'm doing better. But my, I hear my voice is already messing up. How do we attempt to explain the unexplainable? So it's, a, it's a hard thing to do. And, and, through, and yet through God's word, the unexplainable becomes clear in our hearts. The only way I can explain God and the only way I can understand God is through his word. And that, this, this, his word is what we're going to talk about today. It's a key to understanding who God is. The master key has no boundaries, no door that cannot be unlocked. There's not a door in my life that he can't unlock. There's some that he doesn't unlock because he's protecting me from different things. But there's not a door that he can unlock, and I believe that and I understand that. And the Holy Bible becomes the master key. It is the master key to life. It's alive. And it's up to date. You know, a lot of people have books all through their libraries and things. Some of them you, you may have read a long time ago, and it's kind of out of date. You don't grab a hold of it and read it every day. You know, the Word of God, the Bible, is the, is the biggest-selling book of all times. All times, year after year. It's the number one book sold. It always has been. It always will be. It's never out of date. It never has to collect a lot of dust if you love the Word of God. It is there. It's for you. With some books you read and you put away, you never hear them again. The Bible is always there for us. It's never out of date. It discerns hearts. In other words, when you pick up the Word of God and you start reading the Word of God, it starts to open up your heart to what it is and what God wants you to do. So it has discernment in your hearts. His life, it's life-giving. The more I read the Word of God, the more I understand that I have to have the Word of God. I need the Word of God. It brings life into my heart. Everybody believe me or not? That's what it does. It brings life to you. It bears witness to the truth. In the world we live in, the truth is hard to find. It's whatever you want to make it these days. Same in the past, but it's just whatever truth you want. It's the only absolute truth we have is the Word of God. And the person that doesn't believe that will just say, well, that's not true. And I'll say, are you absolutely true? And they'll say, absolutely, I'm true that the Word of God is not the only truth. Well, they're absolutely true, but I am absolutely true that the Word of God is the only absolute tr truth we have. Without it, we're done. We're stopped. Morals cease. Everything, chaos takes place. Laws don't matter. It's the absolute truth. It sustains spiritual lives and gifts. You must believe it. Everybody, you, you've got to believe it. Because if you're not believing the Word of God, if you don't believe in the Word of God, if you don't believe in the truth of God, then you're on your own. You and Satan are just going to have a great old party. You have to believe the Word of God. 
You study the Word of God. And the more you study the Word of God, the more the words come alive, the more they jump off that page, and the more apical it becomes to your life. I'm told that I preach application so much that it bothers people because they, they realize that their name can be written in that Word of God. That's what the way it is supposed to be interpreted. Applied to your life, not to your life, not just read, but applied to your life. I believe it. I study it. And then I honor it. I honor it. I take it in and I, 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 I repeat these words over and over again. When somebody has a, a, a hurting life going on, I've got nothing but this. This is all I've got. My words mean nothing. Your words mean nothing. This is all I've got. This is all we've got to give to this dying world. And if you're not taking in, if you don't believe it, you're not studying it, you're not going to be able to help people. There's some of you sitting here today don't even care about the Word of God. You could care less. You're here and you're not even sure why you're here. But I'm telling you, God's got something for you. He wants you to hear it. He wants you to love it and take it in. To become part of your life. Not just something you... You pick up when trouble starts, but something that becomes part of your life, a relationship that just grows, and you read these words and these letters in red, and you understand that Jesus is speaking not just to those people, but to me too. So if sustained spiritual lives and gifts, you must believe it, study, honor it, love it, and then the last is obey it. If I don't obey it, it does me no good. If I'm going down the road and my phone tells me there's a wreck up ahead and to get off the road, and if I don't get off of it, I might as well have the phone off. Same with God's Word. If we're not obeying it and not paying attention to the direction that it's giving us, then it's nothing to you. But if we do, then it becomes everything to you. If I have a problem, then I go to the God's Word, and I say, okay, this is the problem. How, how am I supposed to interpret this problem? How God asked me to interpret this to, to get past it? I go to God's Word, and there it goes. He explains it to me. In Genesis 1.1, in the very beginning, we understand God created everything. Everybody agree with that? Okay. It says here, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created things. He created everything for us. This beautiful planet that we live on, it was created by God for us. And then Revelation 22.21, the last verse in the Bible, he, he offers us this grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Who, who does God want to offer grace to? All. So in the very beginning, he creates the whole world, this beautiful planet. He puts us here, and he says, I want all my grace to be upon all of you. And the thing I'm giving you is my son, my son Jesus. He is the master key to everything. And if you'll pay attention, if you allow him to come in and unlock your, your heart, it will take place. In John 1.1, it goes on, it tells us, it says, In the beginning was the word. And the word is Jesus Christ. Of course, it's the word of God. He spoke the word into, into the world to exist, and it happened. So in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. They're explaining is that Jesus was always there. He's always been there. He's part of the Trinity. He's always been there. So I can rely on that. In Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful. For the word of God, this is living and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword. And all of you have heard this before. Piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit. That means when we're up here preaching or you got the word of God open and you got your heart just pumping and hurting and trying to figure out why in the world am I got tears coming down my face. I've got people walking across the stage and they're opening up their hearts. And the rest of you, some of you have got tears coming down your face. Well, how in the world did that happen? Because the word of God, the love of God pierces your heart. And you start to realize 
I am not qualified to do anything for God. Even to look at people's testimonies, I can see the love of God right there, what he's done in their lives. And it pierces you. Isn't that a good thing? Isn't that a good thing? It pierces even to the division of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. It means every part of your inner body. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Man, it can tell everything about you, can it? You open up the Word of God and you start to go in those wonderful history lessons and it's like, there you are. Somebody told me this week they thought they was Daniel in the lion's den. I told them, I said, that's a good place to be. That's a good place to be if you think you're Daniel in the lion. That's a good place to be. Every day we deal with fear of better options. Everybody say phobo. I heard that in a commercial. I liked it. It's phobo. That's, that's the fear of, of, uh, of better options. And it, a lot of us walk around and, oh, yeah, I'll go to church, but if I got a better option, I'll go somewhere else. Or, ah, I don't know about that, Jesus. I might get a better option off of Buddha or something. Y'all kids all awake over here? Raise your hand if you're awake. Thank you. You guys got phobo? <laughs> yeah, you do. Some of you got more phobo than I got phobo. Fear of better options. We've got better options. And we think we have that one. In the Word of God, it's not a new thing. It's been around for a long time. I'm having a hard time seeing that writing there, guys. Who is this master key? He is the firstborn of the dead. Faithful witness. That's the master key. Who is he? He's the firstborn of the dead, a faithful witness. Master over time and creation. He loves us. He washed us. He washed us clean. He made us, he makes us new, a new creation. In Exodus 32, 22, it says, So Aaron said, Do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. This Phobo stuff. They thought they could have a, do, a, do something a better way than Moses was teaching them. And he says, Do not let the anger of the Lord become hot. You know the people. They are set on evil. That's not an excuse, is it? Just, it's not an excuse, but yet... Because we think there's, there may be a better option than God, we'll go there sometimes. And in Judges 12, 25b, it says, And everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Is that what we're doing today in this world? Yeah. Everyone did what, what's right in their own eyes. That's where we're at. We're just in a phobo world. Every time you see somebody, you say, My goodness, they're a phobo. They won't have any idea what you're talking about, but you know, don't you? I look at Vicky and I say, Vicky, you're a phobo. Fear of better options. Fear of better options. You fear you've got, got something better in the world than God. What God will do for you. It's because they're not studying the Word of God. They're not living the Word of God. They're not believing the Word of God. They're struggling with it. In Exodus 33, 16-23, we'll dig into this a little bit. I'm really, hey, can you get them bigger for me? I'm having a struggle time to read that. For how then will we be known that you people I have, I can't read it. My eyes are no good. He's trying to make it all pretty for me up here. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. Huh? Huh? 
Exodus 33, 16 through 23. This is Moses. I'm trying to give you a, a picture of this master key. Moses had just spent, he just spent time with God, alone with God. Up in the mountain by himself. Just him and God. Just him and God. I tell you. I love everybody. But when I can spend time with just me and God, and can you imagine being able to spend 40 days and 40 nights, we're not worrying about eating, not worried about anything, just you and God, just spending time with you and God. Can you imagine how you come off that mountain and, and, and the understanding that you just received from a master key of the world, that he just spent time with you? Not only did you... F- love the time that he spent with you but he calls you a friend he gives you so much knowledge and wisdom and information and his love just pours out on you so deeply that you don't even want to walk down you don't ever want to leave we have an opportunity to do that every days of our lives we get our knees and we pray we open up the word of god spending time with god with this master key that wants to show you the the keys to the universe everything of your life in every situation you have, he says, I've got the key to unlock it if you allow me to unlock it. If you allow me to take control of your life, I've got it. I've got control of it if you allow me to do it. And so Moses is up there in a critical time of Israel's departure out of Egypt. He's up there and he's coming down. And it says here, for now, then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight. He's asking God. God says to go down, back down to the people, and I'm going to go with you. And he's, he's confirming this up with God. Don't you like to confirm things up with God before you do it? Okay, God, I know, I know you're with me, but I, I really want to know you're with me. And that's what Moses is doing. He says, for, for now then, we will be known to all the people of all the world that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us. When I'm spending time with God, I want God to go with me when I leave there. Amen? I want to know he's right there with me. When I'm heading into court or heading into the doctor's office or heading into anywhere, I want to make sure God's right there with me. And I want to spend time with that because I need that. That's what sustains my life. So we shall be separate. The comma right there. there there's an important thing right there. I'm not going to spend just a few minutes there. It says, God, I want you to be with me. I want to know you with me. I want to go out with you. So we shall be separate. Separate from the what? From the world. There's a true separation from the church or Israel and the world. And Moses is laying that out here. So, so we shall be separated. I know if I don't spend time with God and I can fall in love with the word of God and fall in love with who he is and understand that he's got the master key to everything in my life, that I start to filter back in with the world and I start not being separated from the world. The problem with a lot of us Christians today is we got this phobo stuff and we're filtering back into the world. We can't even tell who's a Christian, who's not a Christian. It's like line up people up here and they say, which one's the Christian? Well, I don't know. They all look the same. You open up their mouth. Well, I don't know. They all talk the same. There should be a clear difference between the world and the church. And when we get so entangled with the world and they get so together, there's a problem, folks. So we're to be separated. That's a much better, John. Thank you. We're to be separate from the world. It's called being holy. Your people and I, from the people who are upon the face of the earth, who would be supposed to be separated from? Somebody tell me. Who would he supposed to be separate from? 
the world. Everybody on what? The face of the what? The earth. That's not hard to figure out, is it? So I'm going to ask you to apply this to your life. Are you separate from the world? Are you really separate from the world? Are you bought into this, I can do God and the world. I can do both, just in case there's better options down the road. I got to date who I got to date. I got to do this who I got to do. I got to marry who I got to marry. This is the best option I got right now. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have, you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. Amen? Why will God do things for you? Because you're calling upon him. You're, you've become a child of God. You're separate from the world. And God can call you by name. He knows you, and you know him. And he said, please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. Man, this is, these few verses here are just dynamic to me. Now, I, I've never been on a mountaintop of God like this before. I've been in some deep prayer, some deep study with God. But Moses is in a place that most of us can never go. But God's allowing us to see that he can take us there. God is going to show Moses so much of who he is. It's going to change not only Moses' complete personality and life, but even his appearance. So when we spend time with God and we, we fall in love with God and the Word of God and, and we start to understand that He really is my master key, our lives change. And it starts to be seen in our lives that we know that we are not entangled with the world. We're not phobo. We're something entirely different. And God knows this about Moses and He's getting ready to show him something that my goodness passed before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be glorious to whom I will be glorious. Get that. See, we want to control some things about God. And God's telling Moses, then he says, I will make my goodness pass before you, and I will be proclaim the name of the Lord before you, the Lord Jesus, who he's talking about, of course. And I will be glorious to whom I will be glorious, and I will, be, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. And some of us get frustrated there because we would think God, we want to put God and do what God wants to do, what we want him to do. And God says, I will give my glory to who I will give it to, and I'll have compassion on who I will have compassion on. Not what you think, but what God is. And if you can't get it past that, you're always going to struggle with God. God can do whatever he wants because he's the master. He's the key to the world, to the universe. Some people say, I hear a lot of advertisements in some movies nowadays. They don't want to mention the word of God anymore. I don't know. It's, you can't even mention. I heard the newspaper here, and somebody wanted to put an ad newspaper here. Uh, somewhere in the country, and they wanted to mention Christian. They wouldn't put the ad because it said Christian. My goodness, what, is, what are we coming to? Anyway, then, in the movies these days, you'll notice if you'll just pay attention with your ear propped open a little bit, you'll notice it's, a lot of things are about the universe. Well, the universe controls this, and the universe controls that. Have any of you guys noticed that? Or am I the only one noticed that? Well, the universe. Well, just start paying attention. You'll grab it. See, they want to replace God and I try to get you to believe that the universe is in control of everything. Well, i got news for you. The universe is a slave to God. Amen? God is the master, not the universe. 
If you'll just pay attention, you'll see how society starts to take out things of God and implant what they want to implant because Satan is in control of so much. And you say, well, that's the little thing. Well, no, it's not. It's trying to bring something upon you that's not true. The universe has no power. God created it. And I showed you that in Genesis 1. He created it. So when you hear those things, perk your ear up and know that Satan is at work. It's not the universe. My Lord is the master key. He said, I will make my goodness pass before you, and I proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be glorious to whom I will glorious, and I have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. You know, there's a day coming when I will see Jesus face to face. Amen? And I'll live because I've already died the first death. The flesh will be gone, and I'll be living in the, in the new body, in a new soul. And the Lord said, And the Lord said, here is a place by me. And you shall stand on the rock. So I shall be while my glory passes by. That I will put you in the cleft of the rock. And I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back. But my face shall not be seen. How much does God love you? You say, well, where's the cliff of the rock? I'm going to tell you, it's right here. If you'll just pick it up and you'll start reading it, you'll see God all over it. And in those dark, lonely days when you think life's going completely, completely away from your life or whatever it might be, you can dig in that word of God and follow those beautiful history lessons of the past and grab a hold of his promises and learn that you're right where God wants you to be. Jesus is the master key to all. Amen? He's the master key to all. And the only way I can even start to explain that to you is if you're willing to get into your heart and let God willing to get in your heart and start praying and open up the word of God. Without that, you're not going to learn it. I'm, I'm just going to tell you, a man can't tell you what everything you need to know. You have got to dig in. You've got the church. You've got to dig in. There's Bible study. There's all kinds of things. You've got to dig in. If you're not digging in with the Word of God right now, you're not going with God right now. It's that simple, amen? If you're not digging in, you're not digging in. You're just fooling yourself. It's time to quit fooling yourself. There's no better options out there but than the Lord Jesus Christ. He's proven it over and over and over again. He's the master key to all. He's undeniable. He's an undeniable promise that can only be given by an undeniable master who holds the key to every door in your life. The reason people have so many troubles, so many things in their life going on that they can't deal with is because you won't let the master deal with it. You won't let him have it. He stomps out the fire, amen? He stomps out the fires in your life. Some of you have come through with these testimonies and more of you come through and accept Them were the fires in your life. These God stories that have, they're the fires that come through your life. And God will say, if you'll turn to me, if you'll love me, I will love you, and I'll stomp out every one of those fires if you'll just have your faith and trust in me. Don't just pick up the Word of God, but obey the Word of God. Because unless you do it God's way, it will not happen.
He stomps out the fire of fear and holds the winds in his voice. The part in the New Testament where Jesus is down below sleeping away and the storms are all, well, even most of you know these stories, and the storms are just blowing and the boat's going back and forth. The disciples are scared to death. And there's God right there with them in the bottom of that boat. And they're scared to death because of the storms. They can't, they can't grasp what's taking place. And they go and they shake him and they wake him up. And Jesus just stands up and he yells out to the, to the wind, Cease! And the wind stops. That's my master. And he allowed that big dramatic thing to take place in their life at that time so they could see that he controls the wind. He controls the universe. Now you can believe it or not believe it. That's your, that's your deal. I believe it. I've lived my life by it, and these people with these testimonies, and every testimony I can give you, God's story after God's story after God's story, he doesn't need to give me more. I believe it, but I'm happy that he keeps giving me more. Amen? He stomps out the fire of fear and holds the winds to his, at his voice. He has given us the power of an undeniable love. Well, see, some of you don't know the power of his undeniable love. It's because you're not digging in. You're just, you're just letting your mind think whatever it thinks. Well, I can do this, I can do that. You, you're never going to find his love until you dig in and allow him to love you. Allow yourself to be set aside and let him be the master of your life. And that love will overflow you and bring power to you because you can deal with the situations in our life. He has given us the power of his undeniable love. Demons fear him, amen? James 2.19, we read that. The demons fear him and they tremble. They fear him. At the sound of his name, they'll run and hide. Jesus is the master key. In Exodus 34, 29, it reads, Now it was so, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, he has come down, he has spent the time with God in the mountain. When you come out of your prayer rooms, when you come out of your prayer rooms and your Bible's been open, you're writing in your journals, and you're, you're actually praying the way God's asked you to pray, Man, you're coming down out of the mountain with God, and you're coming down, and your heart is full of joy. It is full of something. It's just under, you can't explain it. It's so full. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's full of God. It's hard to be quiet when you're full of God, isn't it? So now Moses is coming down to that mountain. He's got the two tablets that God asked him to bring down, the Ten Commandments, and the testimony where Moses had... We, and he came down from the mountain, and Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone. And it's a, this shone is like the brightest light. Is, is, it was like a big, bright, beautiful sunburn or something, you know? Beautiful. It was shown. It was something that he had spent time with God up in the mountain. And when he came down, you couldn't miss it. Amen? Now, let me ask you something. When you spend time with God, do people miss that you spend time with God? Because when your heart is sold out to God... They won't miss it. They won't miss it. My old mentor, D.G. Morris, the man that just loved people. That man never, I never knew him not to shine with the glory of God. He loved people so much. And every time he walked anywhere, he'd make these silly little jokes. I knew what he was going to say. He was going to say it, but I still had to smile. I knew what he was going to say. I knew what he was going to do, but it still just enlightened my heart because this man spent so much time with God and God's glory shined all over him. 
And I would say, that's what I want. That's what I want. But I couldn't get it from D.G. Morse. He could just show me. You had to spend time with God. Amen? If you want to know the master key of your life, the master key of the universe, and I mean you want doors unlocked, then spend time with the master. He came down from the mountain, and Moses did not know the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. What a beautiful, beautiful picture that God has given us. The master key. Words for your week. Words, come on, somebody gave it to me. The master key is not bound by. Huh? Come on, George, give it to me. Natural law, but. master overall this master key is not bound by this universe it's not bound by your situations it's not bound by your cancer or your your addictions or anything else it's not bound by any of that it's way above it in Hebrews 4 14 through 16 I'm going to ask all of you to stand and read that with me the book's going to play. Let's stand, please. I want you, when, when you read this, I don't want you to just read the words. I want, you to, I want you to look at it. I want you to read it. Seeing then, go ahead, please. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. Seeing that we have a great high priest, this master. See, we have him. He set us apart from the world. We have him. He has passed from the heavens to earth. He's lived amongst us. Eyewitness after eyewitness has written down the testimonies, just like they come through here this morning, of what God's done in their lives. We've seen it. It's the truth. And he is the son of God. Let us hold fast to our confessions. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with your weakness. He was tempted in every way we're tempted, but yet he passed through those temptations. And he's given us the strength and the courage and the power and the grace to keep on going. Let us therefore come boldly. I love the word boldly. That means action. It's an action word. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The last few words there, help in time of need. I don't know if you really realize it or not, but we're in a time of need. This world is in time of need. And he's taken us church and he's separated us from the world. 
And he said, if you'll believe in me, you'll humble yourselves. I'll be there for you. I will be there for you. It's a promise of God. Which key fits your life? Which keys do you have? You have a box full of keys and you go around and say, well, this key will unfit this situation in my problem and this key will unfit that situation in my problem. This key will unfit that one. This book, oh my goodness. And let me tell you, that counselor over there, the best. They'll unlock that one problem I've got there. When I get back in school, I'm going to have all my problems solved. That's the key to that one. You know, if you get happening, get one problem unlocked, there's going to be another one coming. I always think, I get so many phone calls during the day, work-related things or church-related things, and I'll think, well, I've got to get this, this, and this done. As soon as I get this, this, and this done, whew, I'm going to get a break. <laughs> That's a joke. It really is. Because the time I get this and this done, this, 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 piles up more. And I just keep thinking, ah, uh, you know, now, it never works out that way, does it? It just never does. So sooner or later, we've got to figure out something. I need the master key to unlock my foolishness and let him direct my life. Because these things, these things that keep piling up, they what grows my faith and my trust. If I'm just obedient in every one of these things that come aboard, I start to learn this master key is more important than I ever, ever knew. So i got to learn to quit trying to get past these things in my life and grab a hold of them and let God take me past them. Because I'm going to tell you, they just keep piling up. They just keep piling up. Let God grab your life, will you? He'll take you and turn you around and make you something you never dreamed possible. He's the master of your life, whether you agree with him or not. He is the master. If you belong to Jesus Christ, if you're a child of God, you're welcome at these tables today. Come and enjoy the Lord.